Uh, morning, church. Morning, Cody. How are you? It's good to be here after a very long time. <laughs> well, most of you know that uh, I was a supervisor at Caltics in at Caltics in Hillcrest, and um, you know I'd been praying for a better job where I could, you know, come and mix and mingle with you. And uh, God came through for me, and I started a new job on Tuesday. And uh, work Monday to Friday, and uh, I'm free every weekend. So, and uh, I'd like to thank you all for your prayers and uh, your encouragement. I mean, Alan used to come to the Petrus session every now and again and say, you know, carry on, God will come through for you. And he did, and thank you so much for your encouragement. And I also thank uh, my family, you know, they're my inspiration. They give me the strength to wake up every morning to, to go to work. So, thank you. The, the rookie drummer has a quick testimony. Um, I've, um, as quite a few of you know, I work for PwC. I'm finishing my articles at the end of this year. And so um, they came and asked us to put our names down if we're interested in going on secondment somewhere to another international PwC office. And there was only three options. It was the UK, the US, or Netherlands. And you don't get to choose which one. Um, if you get accepted somehow, you just go to the one that they tell you to. So, and it's for three months. So I was excited about that. I put my name down. But I thought there's pretty much no chance just because of the number of people in the world that they take from different countries. I got a, a rushed phone call from the, the partner in charge of human capital on, on Thursday to say... Um, Alex, you need to let me know by 12 o'clock today, but, but um, um, Stockholm in Sweden phoned, and they're offering me a six-month secondment. I'm going from September. But the funny thing is that wasn't on the options, and, and uh, Scandinavia is on my top three places I wanted to visit when I started traveling, and the Lord knows that. So he pays attention to even the small dreams and details in your heart, and he just really came through. So I want to give him glory for that. It's extraordinarily cool. Just uh, while we're giving thanks, is there anybody else that has something that they would like to give thanks for? Morning, church. You've heard some of the story before, but I really need to tell you how faithful God is. Just Just to backtrack slightly. The Lord led me to pray for my ex-husband for six months. And he, it was very precise. I want you to pray for six months for Vyashek. And I want you to bind six things and loose him into six things. So, for example, take authority over depression and loose him into the joy of the Lord. Now, you know, when you are asked by God to do something for six months, it can become like a, a religious exercise, you know? You, you start getting to the point where you, you think you're just doing this thing every day for no real purpose. And for a long time, I saw no effect. Well, the most amazing things have, cha- have changed in Vyshek's life. I want to give God such glory for this because Vyshek had left the Lord. He'd become very cynical. He has had a terribly hard time in England for 15 years. It's been very, very difficult. He has no job. He's living on his bones. Um, he's had, he has had a five-day stay in ICU for heart problems. He's got prostate cancer. He's had skin cancer. I mean, you know, like, wow. But not only has he returned to God, my prayer was, Lord, 
Vesic's highly intelligent. He's an attorney by profession. I don't want him to be the, the old Vesic, where it was all in the head. Fabulous knowledge of scripture, but not in the heart. He has fallen in love with Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Completely. It's unbelievable. This is a man whom I have never seen before. And I do see him every day on Skype. He loves the Lord. He is seeking God with all his heart. He's rejoined a cell group. He's on fire. And I just want to say, you know, the word tells us to judge no man after the flesh. Judge no man after the flesh. Don't apply your carnal mind to situations. Do what God asks you to do because he is faithful and he will bring the fruit. We thank you for Vyshek. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little sad story first before the nice story comes up. <laughs> uh, my grandson, who is um, 20 years of age, uh, grew up. His mother was involved with a Muslim who told her lies that he was a Christian. So this young man was born from that relationship. Well, as soon as the child was born, he was gone. And he's never bothered about his son again. So this young man grew up without a father. And I think that that is one of the worst things that can do in a family. Anyway, he went to school, and this young man at school was treated very, very badly by the teachers. They always gave negative words to him. You will end up in the gutter with your art and things like that, you know. Because he had a problem of short-term memory. So whenever he tried to study, it wouldn't stay in. So when he was doing an exam, he was having difficulty. So he was going through hard pressure all the time. And when he grew up and left school, um, he was looking for love. He was looking for some kind of a father figure, you know. And, of course, the grandfather had died a long time ago. So um, he started getting mixed up with the wrong people, looking for that love in his own group, the young people. They were drug addicts. And so he became one. And from the marijuana that they were taking, he increased to cocaine. And nobody knew this because he seemed to know very well how to contain himself. So his mother was suspicious that something was going on, but she didn't know exactly what. Because he never came into the house as a drunken person or something like that. He would sleep out with his friend and come back and he's fresh. So recently now, we called my son in Cape Town. I said, please go and have a talk to him. And I was praying and praying because I knew what was going on. So we were praying and praying and praying and praying for him to be released from all that. So uh, my son went and took him as the father figure and started speaking to him and telling him what road he's walking on. And what would be the end of that road? So he really ministered to this young man. And he's very conscious of his body, you know, like some of the men are, you know, go to building and muscles and all that. 
He was very careful about his body and what he ate and all the rest of it. But he didn't see that what he was doing was worse than what he would have eaten. So anyway, after the talk, he sat down. He was very, very depressed. And my son said to me, the problem with this boy is that there's no male figure to help him through his growing up. So that was the major problem. So anyone that has their father should be thankful to God. Anyway, so just a couple of days ago, all this, just three days ago, he walked himself into rehab. He couldn't get him into rehab with the free rehabs that are around. He's in Cape Town. He couldn't get in anywhere, so he had to go to a private one. He doesn't have a sausage to pay. So they, nobody could visit him, not even his mother, because the doctors found that he was between life and death. So it was so urgent to that aspect, they didn't want anyone to come near him for five days while they work on him to bring his life back because he originally has a heart um, disfigurement in his heart. So all that had come into this cocaine that he had began. And so with him going into rehab... And with them allowing him to go because they first wanted the 36,000, which none of us have. So because of his condition, they allowed him to go in, but they will still want that. So we're trusting God to do that, but because God has already started a, a work in him to set him free. And um, so I want to really give Thanks to God for the fact that he took himself there. Amen. Amen. And so please, I'm asking you, pray for his recovery. And pray that even after that recovery, he won't be tempted to go back into it. So please help me in prayer as far as that goes. Amen. I greet you all in the name of Jesus. I'm very scared right now, <laughs> but I just had to come and share this with everyone. <clears throat> um, I haven't been to church for some time now because I've been working Saturdays, and my mom was very, very sick. Um, my mom's an alcoholic, and she's been drinking over the years for ever since I can remember, and it got to a point where she started getting sick and um, swelling up and... Um, having short breaths and things. The doctor said she had water in her lungs. And she refused to go to the doctors. She refused to go to a hospital for a long time until the week after, um, the week after last week, God gave me a chance and I came to church. And um, Pastor Ellen said, if anybody needs prayer to come down. And nobody came down. I was scared. I wanted to come down and I was so scared. But eventually I, I, I came down and I was the first one standing here. I actually came to pray for myself, <laughs> not my mother. But I ended up asking Janet to pray for my mother. And she started praying and asked me what was wrong. And I told her that my mom was very sick and she refused to go to the hospital. The only thing I wanted from God was just for her to agree to go to the hospital. Because that was the only way she was going to get help. And Janet prayed for me. I went outside and I met Michelle, who saw me crying. And she started praying for me and said, just give everything to God right now. 
and I met Sue who started praying for me and with God's amazing power and everybody that was here the gates of heaven opened and God's God heard because when I went home I went to my mom's place and I said you know what I've had enough you don't want to go to hospital you want to die dad died but he didn't die because he wanted to you are doing it deliberately so fine go ahead do it and I walked away <laughs> and I went home and I got into the blankets and the next thing I heard a knock on my door and she was all dressed up she had had a bath changed dressed up and she said you want me to go to the hospital fine let your will be done take me <laughs> And I jumped out of the blanket so fast, so excited. I phoned Zola. Zola was not answering her phone. I phoned Pume. She was not answering. I'm like, you can't do this to me now, God. You just made a way. I know you're going to still make a way. So I just want to say to everybody that prayed for my mother, it was not me. It was not my cleverness or anybody, but it was the chain of people that prayed, and the prayer was answered. I just want to say thank you so much. You guys are an inspiration. You are amazing. And just keep praying because God really listens. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, I'm Alan's son. Um, <laughs> I'm Anthony. And um, I've spent my last couple months here. But before that, I was in America for about eight months. Um, and since being here, it's just been just a wonderful time of rest and just my summer holiday because <laughs> it's, um, it's meant to be my summer holiday because in America it's summer now. But um, anyway, so uh, a couple, I think about a month ago, I shared in uh, Sarepta's intern class. I don't know if you know, but uh, Sarepta has interns that they, they have I'm not sure what they, the, the interns do, but they, they do some stuff for the church. And um, every now and again, my dad or whoever gets to teach them, and I had the privilege of teaching them. So I just wanted to share in summary what I taught, taught with them. Um, so I first want to go to uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 to start off. Okay, over there it says... For who has understood the mind of the Lord, so it is uh, to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. That, that last line there, but we have the mind of Christ. Um, I think that uh, this is one of the most amazing things for us. That we, we actually have the, the mind of Christ. Um, it's, not just a, it's not an added thing to us. It's not just something that we say... I, I have my mind, and I have the mind of Christ. If, if you think about it in a physical sense, if we were to get a new mind, um, we would have to surgically remove the other mind, and our, our old mind, and put in the new mind. Um, so in, in the spiritual, this is actually what happens. Um, we die to our old mind, and... We, we get the new mind in Christ. So we get Christ's new mind. Um, uh, we might not be aware of it, but in an instant, that is what happens. We get a new mind. Yeah. That's why we're called new creations. We're not called... Yeah, yeah. We, we're not called like added. We're not... 
uh, now we're, we're people that have been saved. We're like completely new creations. Yeah. Um, and most of us, some of us like aren't aware of that, but it is one of the most amazing things that has happened for us. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, again, it's something that we inherit, inherit in an instant. Yeah, it's not, it's not like a, a process. It, it happens to us um, as we get saved. Um, okay, so. Uh, yeah, what, like, lots of, you don't see, like, people change after that, though, like, in an instance that, uh, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, instance. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, you don't really see, like, generally people change, like, um, straight away, like, People don't become like Christ, like, straight away. And I just want, like, why? Why does that not happen? Um, Though one reason is because we're not aware of it. And um, the other reason is because most of the time, like, we we can't really see into the spiritual um, and and see what, what has happened. But if we could... There, there would be nothing that can can come come against us because we would know who we are. It would be really, really, really intense. Um, but then we, the enemy can't see that in the spiritual. He can see what we have inherited, and he wants to. When he sees what we are capable of, he wants to snatch that up. So that's why, generally, um, after you've been a Christian for a short amount of time, uh, stuff starts to get hard. Because the enemy wants to try and snatch those things away from you. Um, and I guess like the, the main point that I'm trying to, trying to get at here um, is that when we start to run into those hard times, because we, we all do um, at some point, not only in our early Christians' lives, we, we all do it. And um, when we start to think like these strange strange thoughts, like the thoughts that aren't really of God and sinful thoughts and stuff. And we have the mind of Christ, and we know that. We have the mind of Christ. So how is it possible to think those thoughts? Why, why do we think those thoughts? It shouldn't be possible that we think those thoughts. But the thing is, we don't actually think those thoughts. Those aren't our thoughts. That's the, the enemy's strategy. We have to be aware of that. Those are not our thoughts. Those cannot possibly be our thoughts because we have the mind of Christ. It says it here. Um, So, when when a thought like that enters my mind, what do I do? How do I respond? Because it's not mine. I get to... I get to... um, I get to, as I think, like, if I think, like, um, about, like, if an image of me killing someone, like, flashes in front of my mind, for example, I don't get to entertain that thought. I get to say, no, that's not me. I didn't think that. That's not possible. I have the mind of Christ. God's mind is mine. I don't think those thoughts. So I respond by rebuking the thought, saying, no. That cannot be my thought. I choose to think of the the things of Christ. 
Um, and then, yeah, in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 again, it says, what is it? We demolish arguments and every uh, pretension <laughs> that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Yeah. So, um, and then it goes on to say, now these things took place, for example, as an example for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Yeah. Um, and the, just um, for your interest's sake, desire is not a, it doesn't mean to, to want. Um, if, you, if you split it up, I think it's in the Greek. I could be mistaken, but it's a, it's a different language. Desire is of God, desire of God. So we cannot um, desire um, evil, evil things as they did. It's impossible for us because we, we can only desire things of God because we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, that's it. So we have a, a bunch of people here who have uh, the mind of Christ. Let's know that. Let's go out into this week knowing that we have the, the, the mind of Christ. Let's live from his, his mind, his thoughts. Let's surround ourselves with the thoughts of God. And we have to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. And that's a, that's a lifetime. We can never rest on that. We have to do it every day. We have to... Uh, the, the, the world is bombarding us with ideas and thoughts, and, and we have to uh, bring them under the lordship of Jesus. We have to surrender it all to Jesus. We also have Candace. Candace uh, is in her third, going into her third year at Bethel. And Candace uh, used to hit up our radiance uh, with Philippa and Lauren uh, two or three years ago before she, she went to, uh, to Bethel. So she's going to share. It's wonderful to have you. Good morning. Um, it's such an honor to share this morning. I love this church. I love um, the family that you carry. Everybody who walks in here just immediately feels like family, which is such a beautiful thing. Um, so what I'm going to share on today, um, it's just something that God's been talking to me about. He asked me this question. He said, what does it look like if you never, ever had to fear again? And my first thought was like, oh, yeah, okay, but that's not really possible. Yeah, you know, we're always going to have fear. And the more God kind of pressed it into my heart, the more I began to think like, actually, that is something that we get to, we get to live. Like we get to live a life without fear. And first of all, that's kind of scary in itself because fear for me anyway is kind of like a, a safety or a protection, like if I'm afraid of something, it's because there's a reason and I can use that to protect myself. Um, but then the second thought that I had was, can you imagine not being afraid of anything? Can you imagine what would life look like? What would, um, how would I dream differently? What would work look like? What would ministry look like? What would my future look like? Imagine just stepping into something and living every day without having to fear. Um, so just the scripture that kind of was going over and over 
in my heart was um, 1 John 4, verse 17. This is in the New Living Translation. So it says, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we love like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love drives out all fear. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love because he first loved us. Um, the first time, sorry, the first time I read that scripture, I always thought it was like, oh gosh, like I'm fearing, I'm not made in perfect, like perfect in love, and all these condemning thoughts. And for the first time, I decided to take off the glasses of condemnation, like see it as, oh, you're not doing this properly. And instead, I just put on the view of conviction of my father actually teaching me that I don't have to, you know, read that as, as punishment, but I can read it as like, this is what's possible. The more I step into the perfect love of God, the less I have to fear. And so I just want to ask you that question this morning as well. What, how would your life look differently if you never had to fear again? And actually thinking about that question, we step more into trusting God to protect us instead of seeing fear as a protection or a safety net. And um, just as I finish up this morning, um, during worship, I felt that God asked me to ask you as a church if you would want to do a prophetic prophetic act with me and I was like no 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 god that's a bit weird they're gonna think I'm crazy and then I remembered what I was speaking about which was about not being fearful so um I'd like to invite you you don't you have total freedom and um, basically a prophetic act is doing something in the natural that releases something in the spiritual so they did it all through the prophets and everything so what I want to ask you is if you want to let go of fear. I just felt like if we could cross our arms and then on the count of three, just break it off like that. So with your permission, you can assume the position. <laughs> okay, Lord, we thank you that there is no fear in love and we just welcome your perfect love. And one, two, three, we just break that off. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your presence over us, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. And yeah, we just take a step with you in learning not to be afraid of anything, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for letting me share with you. Thank you. Thank you. At uh, the worship evening the other, the other evening, um, Sarah... Hotchkiss, unfortunately, she's working today. Had a picture of uh, her, her home and her house at, uh, where, where, where they live. The, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's in, a, it's, in, it's in paradise. At the bottom of the garden, there's a dam and there's uh, beautiful trees and, it's, and, and flowers and, and birds. And, and uh, Zelani's children uh, were not going into the, into the bottom garden. And she remembered as a child that that's what she would always do. She would go to the, to the bottom of the garden. She would go and play. And, 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 she, and she remembered her childhood 
not at that house, but at other houses where, where, where she was brought up, that she would go and play and climb in the trees. And uh, the word was that we need to go to the bottom of the garden, not to be fearful of what is at the bottom of the garden, what is out of our, out of our comfort zone. We want to always be uh, just safe. Safe is the word. We want to be safe. That's me in, in, in the natural. I want to be safe. I want everything to go according to plan. But it never does. And it's actually great to be down in the bottom of the garden. Great, great, great to be in Jesus. Great to realize that as we walk in Jesus, as we walk into the unknown, and we all walk into the unknown this week, uh, we walk with Jesus. And He knows all about it. He knows the future. And He wants us to enjoy Him. He wants us, as, as Anthony says, to, to realize that we actually do have the mind of Christ. And so I thought as we come to the end of, of our service, I want to just read just a few scriptures because we need, to, we need to know this in our hearts. We need to know this in our hearts more than anything as we live in a world which is uh, like completely lost its direction. But let's see what the Word says about you and I today as we, as we close. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. There's a whole lot of new creation sitting here. Beautiful people, saints of God sitting here. Isn't it wonderful? There's Trevor. What a saint of God. And I know when you woke up this morning, maybe you didn't feel that you, like you were a saint. But the scripture says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. There's John Taylor, but not John Taylor. It's Christ in, in John Taylor. So when I see John, I need to see Jesus. Because that's who lives in, in, in John. We've been crucified. I love the scripture. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. His divine power has granted us all things that p- pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. His divine power has granted us, granted us all things we need. Everything we need. Is there anything you don't need? Any, if you, there's nothing that you need to lack. I love uh, Psalm, uh, it's Psalm 23. Uh, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. We don't have any lack. Whatever we need out there, we have. And walk in that and enjoy that. And then Romans 5, verse 5. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The love of God is in my heart. The love of God is in your heart. We can love the unlovable. We can love those closest to us. I nearly got myself into trouble, but did you notice I managed not to get into trouble? We can love those closest to us. Because why? Because of the love of God is in our hearts. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart and my heart. So when the, when the, when the, the gospel, when Jesus challenges us to go and, and, and love our enemies, you and I think that's impossible. Because we sometimes struggle to love those close to us. But uh, what uh, we don't have to do it in our love. We do it in the love of Jesus. 
And the final one is the scripture that Anthony shared. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And maybe the song that we've been sharing just to what, what Candace shared. We're no longer slaves to fear. But we are children of God. We're no, no longer slaves to fear. So let's go out into, the, into this week. After you've come and listened to the AGM and every aspect of life is, is spiritual. So I'd love as many of you to stay. We're going to have a quick cup of tea and an AGM. Anybody needs prayer while we're getting tea, please come forward to prayer. Let's just, let's just thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for answered prayers. We thank you for we have the mind of Christ. We thank you for we are no longer slaves to fear, but we are children of God. And we rejoice in that. Thank you, Lord. Amen.